I rung him up and I said, hey boys, do you want to end up in the Grey Neil Classical building? I said, you're using my tagline, get that down. So Benny is the director of Todd Sleep Activity Centre and Todd Sleep Shelving and Racking. So Todd Sleep in its entirety employs over 100 people and has welcomed over a million visitors through its doors to date. Take what you need out of the organisation, take what you need out of the building, take what you need out of the institute and on you go. You don't have to make friends in school. I honestly, that's the secret to the, the success of my business, particularly Taz The next customer that comes from through my door is the most important customer in the world. So I met Benny last year for the first time when I rang him and said, Benny, Karen O'Neill here, you don't know me, but any chance you'd make me an eight foot orange gorilla for the Northern Ireland Social Media Awards? And he was like, oh, I don't know, I'll call up sure and see my, and I was like, right, so up I went and, you know, he's the type of person that just gets stuff done and that's the type of person you need to be when you run a, a business like that. But you are very straight talking, um, Benny, and you're very successful. But you told me when I came up to meet you that there's a reason why you're so successful and it all started from your mummy. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a long story. Oh, Benny loves long stories. I said, now, Benny, it's only half an hour. Well, it started a long time ago. It started a long time ago, okay. What, what happened, I almost put down my success to something, an accidental, uh, sort of an accidental thing that happened. There's nothing to do with me. And it, it, my mother got arrested from the west of Ireland, from a place called Rostock, which is in Blue Bay, most beautiful place in the world. And she met my father in England. Now, my mother was sent at the age 13 to gather potatoes in Scotland. That was... That was the norm. The four or five sisters went, but she never got home. She got a job, and uh, as a housekeeper with a local doctor, and so made it from Scotland to end up in London. Met my father, and the reason that I'm called Benedict is because I got married in Saint Benedict's Church in Elam Broadway. But anyway, she had a couple of children, and she had three children. She had a girl and a boy, and a girl. This is in the fifties, and then she lost the next two babies. So, 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 so that time, not like now, and it's a tragic thing. It was it affected our family and with a daughter of mine recently, and it's a really tragic thing. It's a really tough thing on a woman, and it's a really tough thing on a family. So she lost a baby, and then she went again, and she lost another baby. And in those days, like baby was born in the hospital, baby was taken away. That was that. There was no tablets. There was no pots in the back. There was no poor wee woman. There was no no that. There was get on with it. And then I was born. So I was a wee special baby. So this is a wee special baby. He is very special. Then, a tragedy or luck or whatever you want to look at it, the child after me lived a very short space of time and then died. So then I, instead of being a special baby, became a very special baby. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was two and three, when his mum was walking about, and with her friends, and she used to go into the house, and, oh, that's the yes, your wee special boy. So I have always... That's special. Well, well, I'm... You are. You are. <laughs> we are. Yeah, that's so, we are. If you ever hear me tell to any of my grandchildren or any child, always tell them how brilliant they are. Because they are brilliant. Everybody's brilliant. But a lot of people don't be told that. And a lot of people never find out. And one of one of my stories when I was, was about three or four, I was very, very small. And my mother was very religious. And there was a, some hoo-ha on at the chapel and the Cardinal Conway was there and I was brought along and Mama had me by the hand 
I see Hannah get meeting the bishop because hey, the bishop is very important. Oh God, I. I was traced up to meet this boy anyway, and I looked up, and this boy in the dress with a big funny hat. I don't know. I couldn't get over why anybody would man would wear a dress. This is what I was trying to process. So, mommy. <laughs> years ago, was years ago, was today. Mommy was being. I well, it was long before modern society. Yes. But I was looking up, and he was looking down, and talked to mommy, and then and he bent away down. He looked right down at me, and he says, "And what are you going to be when you grow up, young man?" And I sort of didn't know what to say, and I said, I, I want to be successful. My God, at four years old. Four, I was at school, so I was four or five, I was very, very small. But the, 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 the headmaster, who made a very big dent in my life, he was there. And he was one of these pretentious souls who said, oh, excuse me, you're eminent. He didn't understand you. <laughs> they... Uh, Cardinal looked at him and says, oh, no, Master, you didn't understand his answer. Very good. Good for him. But Absolutely. I, yeah. I never processed the information. I never processed why he said that. But it, it, it was so important, but I didn't get Yes, well, Benny, um, you are, so I, I suppose that you always think about that with your own children. God, do I tell them that they're as special as they are? But it shows you how when you're very young, it can have an effect on you for the rest of your life. So whenever um, I was up with you, you talked about how you were a bad rep at school. I want them to get child now. No. So there is a running theme through all, a lot of the guests in the podcast where academically they weren't what they should have been at school. And I'm not saying ability wise, I'm just saying you had no time for it. Right. Well, I was asked back to St. Cairns High School to be guest speaker on prize night. And I went up to the podium and I said, really enjoyed it because I always knew it was going to happen. <laughs> and it says, ladies and gentlemen, I'm delighted to be here. And the last time I was in this room, I was told not to come back. Ah! Well, <laughs> guess what? I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> just show you, just show you. Um, so, yeah, like, I think there's a lot of... Um, uh, emphasis put on academic and, and rightly so like it is we all want our children to do well and we wanted to do well at school but you know sometimes the most aspiring entrepreneurs and, and business people are not the people that got the grades right it's it's about more it's about grit and determination and you will be back and you were back so so the the school thing I remember when it, when it was started for secondary school and there was whatever, eight or nine class or whatever, I was first, second or third in every single subject from when I started till I was a third year. And so you done tests at Christmas and you done tests at summertime. And I was either first, second or third every single subject. But in fourth year, I was either last, second last or out of the class. And absolutely nobody noticed. I didn't notice. Like my parents didn't notice and the teachers didn't notice. So it was a totally different era. So I fell out of school when I was 14 or 15. But my advice to any youngsters now, and I do a lot of I do a lot of talks in schools and about business and about getting into business, but my advice to kids is the education's there. Forget about the personalities. Learn the stuff. Learn the don't get involved with the teachers, just learn what's in the room, learn what's there. Take what you need out of the organization, take what you need out of the building, take what you need out of the institute and on you go. You don't have to make friends in school. But that's the mistake I made. I took everything very, very personally. Look, well, look, I suppose when we're young, you know, it's such a vulnerable time when you're at school. So, but looking back, it's good advice now to give the young people. So, 
you know, people talk about it now, whereas years ago you just shut up and went to school and you didn't, you know what I mean? You didn't, well, you did answer back, but I didn't. Well, so, well, well when we were, when I, my age group was at school, if you got a cuff in the air at school, the tone with it at home, you got another Exactly, exactly. But look, you know, there, there's a very a long story and me and Benny sat and talked for hours and we have only got half an hour in the podcast. So I'm trying to like bring his best bits into this half hour so you get value. Like you spent your first 30 years finding your way and you said something to me and I thought it was really, really good. Um, sometimes people who are wandering aren't lost. I see I was listening. Most people. Is that what you said? Most, yeah. right. So explain what you mean by that. Because there is a lot of people, some patients be like, I'm running around, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And uh, what am I really doing? Am I making any impact? So what do you mean by that? I think people will get comfort. Well, yeah, yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people don't, don't wander and they don't look. I, I'm one of the people that I look and I see and I look at what everybody else is doing and I analyse what they're doing and I figure out what they're doing. And a couple of couple of really big breaks I got in business. Well, you you could say I'm nosy, or you could say whatever you want. But I met a guy on an airplane. I know I was. He was talking about the Boss Moscow project, which was a Russian American business thing before the wall came down. And when I got off the plane at Heathrow, I had just signed up to become a member of that and set a business up in in Russia. Now it didn't work, but that's beside the point. I I was a professional photographer for a very well-known publication and I said saw that that's not much crack and I was I'd done a whole lot of things I'd done a whole lot of things there's no there's absolutely no end to the things that I tried and the things that I'd done I was working at Heathrow and I, I was listening I was actually doing a job at Heathrow in a, in a warehouse and I heard two managers scolding about the price they were paying for the storage of airplane seats that were involved in the 1988 Manchester air crash and I heard the conversation about how much it was costing and I made my way to find the disposals manager of British Airways. I said, I want to buy them seats off you. What did you say to him? I said, I want to buy them seats off you. He's 15,000 aircraft seats. And he says to him, and how much are you prepared to pay for them? I says, well, how much are you prepared to pay me to take my dear work? So you need a man like Benny with you when you're doing the dealing, right? So the cut of story is short. <laughs> I was known for two years as Benny the seat. Because ah. <laughs> <laughs> I was selling seats, airplane seats all over there everywhere. All the vans and the company and all these cinemas and all these places and boats and everywhere. So what is not grab an opportunity when you hear... Well, just the thing is, you have two of these and one of these, my mother always said. You know what I mean? And if you listen twice as well as you talk, you'll hear what happens. And if you act, and if you are, if you have the balls, so go for it, go for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, like, some do, some don't. So what? Next place. That's my business motto. You told me that after 30 years of trying all these different things, and yes, some worked and some didn't, you read a book and like, and that he start, you took action after you read that book. So tell us a wee bit about that. Yeah, I was, I was, I'm going to say it's 89 or 90. Not for, don't remember exactly. I'm not good at dates and stuff because they're unimportant. But at a particular time in my life, I was reading the Sunday Times and in the personal ads, there was this ad for a book. This book will change your life, blah, blah, blah. Anthony Robbins, world-renowned motivational speaker, blah, blah, blah. This book, blah, blah, blah. Read this book. Money-back guarantee, 1999, what have you. Down to the post office, postal order. No credit cards, no, on that time. I says, I'll not be long reading the book. I'll send it back, I'll get the money back because I couldn't afford it. <laughs> so I, I bought the book. There's a book called Awaken the Giant Within. And... I was working at Glories and fixing trucks, and that's what I was doing. I was at Soul Theatre on my own, making a living, paying the bills, 
working very, very hard. But I sat down, at, I'll come in from the tenor and I post man arrived, and I started reading the book. And I read the book in one sitting. So I never actually got up from the table bar, bathroom and ate. And I read the book cover to cover. And I closed the book and I closed my business and resigned. I think it was five. I was on the chairman of the youth club and I was on the parish council and I was on the Buddy Bear's repeal fund and I was on all these charities. And I shut everything down and I closed my business. And position my wife says, and well, what do you think you're going to do? And I says, well, I don't know what I'm going to have and do, but I'm not doing this anymore. So there's a wee recurring theme here. So I says to Banny, you know, don't F too much, you know, don't know we're on the podcast. So he's changed it to F rather than the full word. So that's good, that's good. It's, it's usually pure, but I, I try not to. But I, should oh, always, sweating. I was sweating there and he was almost... I should always remind you that people who swear a lot are very honest. I, I get that, but, you know, I get that. And I, I know everybody here gets it because they come to my podcast, they know, you know, they know F it, you know, you know what he means, very passionate. But... Um, so that book, um, whatever, everybody's got, I suppose, a period in their life when they hit something, they're like, do you know what? Now is the time I'm going to take action, I'm going to change. Yours was the book. And, you know, along that way of those 30 years, like you made mistakes and things failed. And you said something to me, and like it, it happened to me in my life too, but when the horse is dead, you have to get off the horse. You missed a word there. What is it? What is it? You missed a word. Benny, leave yes. it. leave you, that out. And when that horse is dead, you have to get off the horse. Uh, Oh, effort. Oh, yeah. And that's a very simple thing. And, 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 and <laughs> there's a lot of businesses, and we all know businesses where people are napping their pan out and they're killing themselves for pride. And you see it a lot in the farming community, and they're, they're just starving to death. And they've these big fancy tractors and, and all this crap going on, and they're making no money. And they don't realise that the horse is dead. If the horse is dead, get off the effing horse. I know, I understand that. And I think a pride is a big thing for businesses and people because you work your butt off and you're like, oh my God, I can't let this go. But at the end of the day, your life's going to suffer if you don't make that decision. You, you Don't lose your shirt, you said. Well, it's, it's not about losing your shirt. If 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 a thing's worth, like, my, my PA from who really put me on my feet to my girl called Patricia, she's sitting down here. Fantastic girl. My business in total disarray. I was using the stack system on my desk when the papers were in a stack. When they fell over, I took them to the accountant. And Patricia walked into my business and she put her two hands on her head. She said, oh my God, what have I done? Because she had a really good business. She had a really good job with a big, big company locally. But she really put us on our feet. She she, she was the prop that I needed to, 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 to do what I was doing and not let my sort of madness, if you want to call it for a better word, or my Creative. searching or craziness or whatever. Like a lot of people say to me, you're effing crazy. And I say, thank God, don't you try and fix that. Yeah. Because some of the things I've done are crazy. And I just said at the table, the table there before I come up, the reality is that if you analyse what I do, you'd say that way's not wise. But there's nothing wrong with that. I'm doing what, I'm living my life the way I want to live it. And I'm running my business the way I want to run it. And I'm doing what I want to do. And I'm happy with that. So once you find what you're doing and then you get the right people behind you, unfortunately, whenever at my business, I encourage everybody to start their own business to follow their dreams. And, and when I get really good people, that they swan off and start their own successful businesses. I know, but you're a supporter and you're an encourager and that's what makes you so like charismatic and special. So I think that nev you'll never lose that because you just are that type of person. But so you went to the bank manager 
and you told him about your vision that you had after you read this book and your vision was for an off-road driving school and he backed you. Now, who is he? Because we can't find them men. Well, Jim Tallon, Jim Tallon is actually originally from Coleraine or Port Richardson. We moved to Ballygally and I had this big long conversation about what I was going to do and I was going to put the Langerbers here and I was going to put this there and I was going to put clay pigeon shooting there and I was going to park the buses there and, and he looked at me and I thought I've went too far with this now this you know this by six year another and he lit a cigarette it was the longest draw of a cigarette in my life and he goes this big long I got a road of, I got a road to war and peace when he was sitting and then he blew the smoke all out and he says you know that sounds better than cattle I think we'll go for that Happy days. So my business plan was verbal, but it was a business plan when we look back. And now if anybody has to do anything after eight days monuments or stuff and it's the same thing, somebody has to read that information and somebody has to process that. But the, I always say in all the things that I do, I still say it when we're doing even invoicing or even insurance work or even anything to do with investing or anything like that, I said, don't worry about the numbers, get the narrative right. Get the narrative right. So explain what you're doing. If you're doing a business plan, you want a total stranger to read the business plan and say, God, they're onto something here. And a lot of people don't do that. There's been better businesses than mine have failed miserably and there's been better businesses than both of them again that have never even been started. Do you know what I mean? So so take the plunge. Take, Go for it. Like... You know, the, the, there's nothing stopping you. Absolutely nothing stopping anybody doing anything they want in this day and age. This is this this could possibly this thing I'm about to tell you be the best thing you hear all day. Although I might say this a couple more times today, but Benny said to me that it was a weekend business for a few years, but then in 2001 things started to change. And I had asked you about that, and you said to me, "If you're it, you say you're it." What does that mean? Well, we had this. Activity centre, and we had an off-road driving centre, and we come up with this thing called corporate entertainment. There was no column in the, the yellow pages, which is I'll talk about yellow pages. What's that? What's the yellow? What's the yellow? Awesome. Oh, before the internet, before <laughs> the internet, you had to know how to use yellow pages, Thompson's directories, and there was no heading for corporate entertainment. So I actually got that created, corporate entertainment, Tosleep off-road driving centre, blah blah blah. And I found out around that time that when we put the proper narrative on our invoice for what we do, and this is very important, so whenever you come to my business to enjoy a day with your business colleagues, it's 100% tax deductible because it's corporate entertainment, it's not a jolly. Oh, look at that. So you have to understand English language, yeah. you have to understand the rules. And sometimes the runes are against you and sometimes they're in your favour. But when the runes are in your favour, go for it. The Dig podcast would not be possible if it wasn't for the support of the fantastic partners who team up with us each series. Series 6 is in partnership with InvestNI, my new business. Mia was starting a new business and needed financial assistance and advice. She visited my new business and accessed a directory of local support schemes. From grants and loans to advisory support, there was help available for her specific needs. Need help starting your new business? Visit nibusinessinfo.co.uk slash mynewbusiness. Now let's get back to making it happen. So everything that we do now at, at Tosleep is corporate entertainment. Uh, by the way, 100% tax deductible. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be afraid but to book. 
if you're it, you say you're it. So a lot of people I can, struggle. I can, I can clarify that. Right. I was I was racing off road jeeps, and I had a new jeep built for the season. I can remember quite well what the age was because I, if you look at my race vehicles, my competition number is always my age, okay. and this particular one was number forty-five. Okay. And it was all ready to go. It was all ready to go to the championship. It was all ready. Causely, blah, blah, blah. Fun, fun, fun. I said, something missing here. And I went to the guys that done the stickers and the decals. And I put a big thing on the bond of it, on the two sides of it. Ireland's number one corporate entertainment centre. And I said, let's... Anybody. And who told you you were Ireland's number one corporate? Me, me. The way I looked at it was, we were the first one. And there wasn't much competition about, so we were number one. But there was no point in me knowing that. Everybody else had to know that. So true. And so, there's a lot of people that... This is a wee bit... This was pre-internet. So, yeah. so you, then the era that I started, we, we started our website, I think, in, in the early 90s, when there was people dial up broadband and with a lot of rubbish going on. And we were involved heavily with the internet before the dot-com bubble burst. We were really going to go down that road, and then we sort of shied back from it. But the the Ireland's number one, and we still use that. We still use that, and they're a racking company, believe it or not. If you look at the numbers, it. it's Ireland's number, number one, one is it? But nobody's going to come and put you in jail because yeah, there's another man going to be coming on later that talks about that. You just do it, and you don't care what anybody um, says unless nobody's going to die. So um, nobody, no, there's people listening and they shy back from saying they're the best. And and I saw that's, that's an Irish thing or a Northern Irish thing. Mm-hmm. Well, of course you're the best. Of course you're the best. Well, well, who's better than you? Nobody. Do you know what I mean? Like, why, why would you buckle down? Why would you buckle down the the high street shops or the high street businesses or the this and the, that the other? Like, we we seen a thing. Our, our tagline used to be muddy marvelous, and we seen a thing. Silverstone race circuit done a done a done a big advertising campaign, and they said that our off road tracks are bloody marvelous or muddy marvelous. I run them up and I says, hey boys, you just want to end up in the grey neoclassical building? I said, you're using my tagline, get that down. They take it down? Absolutely, that's mine. So we said it is. You might be small and you might be insignificant, you might be rural and you might be in the sticks and you might be this and you might be that. But I always say you're it if you say you're it. I love it. Who loves it? We hear it. So... There's um, people uh, reach out to over different platforms being like, oh, I'm just this wee small um, person that does a wee thing out the back in this wee cabin that I have. No, you are not. And and I always try to reinforce that. But when you said it to me, I was like, hey, everybody's it because we say we're it. So if you take anything away from listening to this podcast, you believe that your business is, you started it because you believe you're the best at it. So tell people like Benny, right? Don't so, say. What? Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Advice to we, me. We've got a we've got a policy which is some do, some don't. So what? Next, please. There you go. Some do, some don't. So what? Next, please. I want to know advice to businesses who are trying to stay at the top of their game. You guys are, and I know we're laughing there saying you're number one, but you are because you do things differently more creatively what would you say to businesses because it is a saturated market in loads of different spaces how do people stand out how do they be that best well, authenticity authenticity that i'm a reasonable age i've had my outdoor activity center for over 30 years i've never visited a competitor i have no idea what they're doing it's actually none of my business 
I don't care what everybody else is doing. I don't care what they're trying to do. I know what I'm doing, and we create stuff, and we create stuff from brand new. So I know our thing's authentic, because it, it came out of here. It wasn't copied. It wasn't made up. So we, we've just done there over lockdown. We've done the world's, the world's first ethical zoo. It actually did, it is. Yes, it is, and it's amazing. Yes, it's, it is amazing. It's the best in the world, and it's number one in the world. And why is it number one in the world? Because there is only one in the world. So it's number one. Is it ethical zoo at Todd's Leap for your kids? It is It is really, really cool, yeah. So what? that's again, wandering, wandering dog finds a bone. You know, what's out there? What's missing? And the other thing that I always say to people in business, what problem are you trying to solve? You know, a lot of people set up a business and they're, 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 they're blah, 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 I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Aye, but aye, but that's brilliant. What problem are you trying to solve? What are you bringing to me? What 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 are you bringing to me? People come to me all the time. Will you sponsor me? I've got a rally car. I've got a motorbike. Will you sponsor me? I say, well, tell me what you're going to do for me, and then I'll I'll let you know. But do you tell me what you're doing with this? So it's exactly the same with your business. What is the problem that you're trying to solve? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean if 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 like a lot of the conversation earlier you're in the closed phase, the closed phase saturated. But there's still, everybody in this room could join the closed trade and there's enough work for every single one of them. Because yeah. guess what? There's five million people on this island mm-hmm. and every one of them's got six or seven or eight or nine or ten sets of clothes. Mm-hmm. And Patricia, my, who started her company called Soul Sister, I always say... Big shout out for Soul Sister, Kyle Island. I always say, <laughs> Every woman in the country's got more shoes than she needs. Yes. And she's going to buy more. That's so true. And the other thing about your business to remember is dead simple. There's 3 million or 5 million people in the country and if every single one of them come to your door looking at your product, you couldn't serve it. Yeah. So don't worry about being top of the market or head of the market or biggest or whatever. You'll always get enough that'll do you. You'll, there's enough business out there for, for everybody. And it has never in my lifetime been as easy to make money. Now it's hard to run a business, it's hard to solve all sorts of problems. There's lots of problems in hospitality and staff and there's a whole lot of things that we have to overcome them. We have to overcome them. The the other thing that I said to you, and the secret of keeping your business number one or keeping your business the top of the heap, if you take every single day that you open the door of your business and treat that day as the first day your business opened, and I'm doing that now after 30 years, and when I go into business into work tomorrow and I open the door in the morning, that's my first day open. So whenever you whenever you've got your business and you've seen this everywhere, you see it everywhere, all these filling stations and barbers and hairdressers open up and they carry your groceries out for you and they hold up the umbrella to keep you from getting wet and there's get you a cup of coffee and you're the most important person in the world and then that wanes and wanes and wanes and wanes. They hit the side of you coming and the next thing they're closed and they're gone and there's boards in the window. There's a reason though that that's because they didn't they let that lapse. They didn't treat it like the first day every day. They but that's that's. I want to say that's the secret to the, the success of my business, particularly Taz Leap. Every the next customer that I comes from through my door is the most important customer in the world, and the next one after that's the most important in the world. And it doesn't matter if they're on a on a on a tea book program where the government's paying and they've no soles in their shoes or their feet, or if they're multinational or whatever. Like we've we done a birthday party for the CEO of Citibank. We done his birthday party. One of the richest. What people. kind of miles he now? See ordinary, ordinary every day. Love the fact that that he knew where he was and everyone else. We googled him. 
Apparently it's worth 17.6 billion. Well, now I've heard some big figures over the last couple of weeks, so it's just it's a lot to shock me these days with that. But if Dorothy Person yes. loved what he got and loved the way he was treated the same as everybody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we didn't, uh, there was no brown nosing in our company. Yeah. You come in, you pay your money, you get your stuff and on you go. But you, you, you're you're no more... Everybody's boring. treated the same. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So they're treated every day in your business like the first day. I think that's really, really important because we can get tired, we can get lazy in, in our processes and the customer will feel that. And then when they move on, it's not really their fault, it's your, it's your fault. So I think if we take that away from the podcast today, it'll be really, really good. So I just want to say before we move on to the final one about making it happen, you, I, I know you don't mind me saying this, but you took a stroke in 2014. So how did that, how did that change your life or affect you? Well, the first thing I've done, um, and I've, I've actually been thinking about it. I was actually thinking about it because on, on, on this Thursday, Tuesday, I actually was knocked out twice on Tuesday. At work? At work, within an hour. Totally unrelated incidents. Totally unrelated. And I was thinking, you know, that's a wee reminder. Someone's trying to tell me something here. When I took my stroke, I had been at a thing like this the night before, I'd done a talk on six months across from me and they said that I would start your own business and all that. I'd working flat out, up the next morning, six o'clock to go. And I was for Dublin and was, the son, my son was still working, living at home, so I hadn't been, he wasn't married at the stage. But I rattled his door on the way past, come on, go to bed. And didn't use any efforts. <laughs> Don't believe that, but... Anyway, <laughs> so knocked him and I walked out to take my shower and just like that, just got. And very, very lucky that my son was leaving, he says to him, but I said, why is he not away? And he's out shouting to me about me being late and he's late. And she says, well, if he's late, there's something wrong because he's never late. So I'm back down there, I'm lying in bed. I went back to bed. I had to tell him to leave me alone one lying, blah, blah, blah. But that's not what was coming out of my mouth. I was gone, paralyzed down the right side and all the rest. And I have to say, it was a, it's the best trip I've ever been on in terms of, I don't know if it was hallucinatory drugs or or dying and coming back or an afterlife experience or being coked out of my head. I don't know what it was, but it was brilliant, right? Absolutely brilliant. And I realised what Martin Luther King said, I've been to the top of the mountain and I have seen the other side. It's either something fantastic waiting on us or I had a really good psychedelic trip. Either way, either way, I had a fantastic time during my stroke. That's an awful thing to say. I didn't, I didn't realise that was... Well, that's right. the most amazing thing that ever happened to me. Why? But what just, just in, in my head. Okay. In my head okay. and the journey I went on. Okay. But when I come out of that, I had a couple of major problems. I had a, a, a thing called a cognitive blank, which is the doctor's way of saying that your head's cut. My mother told me that for years. So there's, there's, there's neurons in my head that are disconnected. And short-term memory is not good and so on. But for about three or four or five months, I couldn't remember ABC. It was unbelievable. And when I was in the hospital, people had brought me magazines about classic cars, stuff that I'm really into. And I couldn't read them. And there was one classic car magazine there. And I read it about 40 days. I was class. Look at that car Capri for sale. Whatever. And I, my brother or son was saying, you were telling me that yesterday. Oh, I've never seen that before. But look at this car. He says, you showed that yesterday. So 
the, the, the head was completely and totally toasted. And the whole physicality came back reasonably quickly, but had no strength. I don't say it probably took me about three years, maybe four years, to get back to where I needed to be. So it was. I wasn't that I took it. It wasn't that I decided to slow down. I didn't. Uh, I was just bit back. Yeah. And and very very lucky that my business survived when that happened. And there was a few things happened. There was a few discrepancies happened. We got we got uh, placements and. Uh, don't ever get a placement MD. Don't, what do you, don't get what? I don't ever get a placement MD. Oh right. Your business and a placement accountant. Okay. Don't, don't, okay. Especially if they don't like that's, it. Uh, that's for the next podcast. We'll go into that in, in but, detail. So, at my determination, I come back. Right. The doctors, what the doctors told me was grave. But they have their opinion, but I didn't actually believe them. And you don't have to believe what a doctor tells you. It's good advice to take the tablets, not in case you die. But, but the, the taking time off and doing this, and then I know, like, what sort of stupid doctor told me that he says you need to take up golf or something? And I can't, I, I can't say. Right, don't be sagging any golfers here now. Cause no, I can't, I can't say, I can't say what I told them, but. <laughs> But I, 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 think, I think I suppose what it shows is that that major life incident happened but you're here telling your story and you didn't listen to that you'll not be able to do this you, you thankfully were able to go on but it does change your perception on things I'm sure like make you look at life differently like well absolutely um, you don't what's your purpose in life you're on a journey and all that you have to know your purpose I know that's and, true and, and you have to do your journey what would you say to everybody that's listening? Well, we know what you'd say, but what are you going to say again about making it happen? So loads of people listening and everybody's going to be listening to this weeks apart. So um, they're going to need a wee recap. What would you say to someone who's struggling to make it happen? Well, the first thing you got to do is you got to believe in yourself. you got to believe in yourself. And if you don't believe in yourself, there's no point in starting a business. There's no point in applying people. There's no point. You're wasting all you're doing is all your blow dough. I was involved, as, I've been involved in umpteen businesses over the years through startups and helping them out and so on. One, one business who I'm not going to say the name of, and it was four senior people with a big bank locally, and they got massive payout. This is in the 90s, before the thing went pear-shaped. And the four boys invested in a food company. And I knew, I said, boys, that's not going to work. I said, she's needed, this is your price point. I said, this is your price point. Your price point's four ninety nine, But anyway, to cut a long story short, they invested their life savings, their parents' life savings, they mortgaged their properties, and they set up this fantastic, fantastic product, price point five ninety five, And it bombed. It bombed. And they stayed at it, and they stayed at it, and they stayed at it, and they stayed at it till the banks repossessed their houses. So the fact they're gone, the house gone, so they were up the snakes and down the ladders. But the problem that the boys had as they were all big balls but clatchy to each other about how big a businessman they were. But none of them actually believed in themselves. And then they didn't believe in the business and the business didn't work. I know. I have a friend and um, she said to me this morning, I said, are you going to do that thing at Easter? And she said, no, I don't know, no. I, I, I said, what are you on? Why? She's like, I just don't know. I don't think it's going to work. And I was like, what? And she doesn't believe in herself. And I believe in her and she will do it after this podcast today because I know she's listening. Um, but 
Uh, you have to believe in yourself because nobody else is going to believe in you if you don't, right? Absolutely. Well, yeah. I, I like it to push in your car. So whatever you... Let's, let's roll it off on this. Let's end it on this. What if, you, if you go out there now and your car doesn't start... People don't push cars now. They ring the AA and stuff. <laughs> Years ago when, when we were young and poor and poor bathers and stuff, a lot of time you had to push your car to get out. But when you go to push your car, everybody in this room would come and help you. They'd help you to push the car. You jump into the car put on the heater and the radio and look in the mirrors and nobody pushing the car because there's nobody going to push you if you're not pushing yourself can we please have a big round of applause for Benny O'Hanlon thank you for listening to another episode of the Dig Podcast it's an absolute privilege to be your host every week and to spend time with the most driven inspirational people don't forget to tag us on social at Dig for Success if you enjoyed this week's conversation and until next week Keep taking those steps to making it happen in your business and in your life.